This podcast is supported by Blue Mountain Community College. For over 60 years, BMCC has been committed to educational programs and services that promote personal and professional growth and strengthen our local communities. If you're looking for higher learning opportunities that don't cost a fortune, check out their technical certificates, college transfer degrees, workforce development programs, and much more. To learn more, check out bluecc.edu or stop in at one of their many facilities throughout Eastern Oregon. Thanks again for listening. So we've had a bit of a hiatus in the lab here. Let's just say a lot of life has been happening for, for all of us in the chat PDT crew here, but super pumped to be here. I think we've got all sorts of good stuff to, to cover today. I want to start with a quick note about our, fl- our friend Blaine. So um, Blaine and family are doing wonderful. They're great. They're not going to be, uh, Blaine's not going to be in the studio with us today. I hope we have him here shortly, um, but they've got some very exciting news that I will spare for Blaine to share with us. Um, so if you don't hear Blaine for a short period, he's doing great. Um, we're, we're excited about things that are going on for him and his family. Um, but we have our typical crew here, myself, Blake Franklin, Shannon Hartley, and we're also joined by our friend JJ Hill today. Hey, what's up? Can you hear me in the background? <laughs> Uh, yes, we're having a mic share between Shannon and JJ today. I totally so, forgot, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take this out. Cool to hear in the background. It's kind of like hey, he's like walking in right now. Hey guys, how's going? Are we sure we don't have another cord? I'm gonna go look again. Here, JJ, take the mic. We Hi. This is okay. Give us a little something, JJ. We haven't heard from you in a bit on the podcast, anyway. Hey, this is JJ Hill. Thanks for having me back. Um, exciting stuff to talk about today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And for folks that are uh, into the Eastern Oregon connection and the other channels, we've got some exciting stuff that we will uh, let JJ share later in the episode. What I was hoping is I've got some stuff to throw at you guys today. Yes. We'll start heavy if you don't mind. I'll trust JJ to be the guy to lighten it up here. I'll lighten things up yeah. any day of the week. And because we haven't been in the studio, I feel like we've got some energy and some thoughts maybe to get up to speed with. So, are, are we ready to start heavy? Get it. Hold on to your horses. Here we go. <clears throat> okay. So, this is one that I've been pondering with for a little bit. Blake's good for quotes, and I've got one you guys have probably heard before. Um but it just, it's been one that's kind of weighing on me and, and brought me to some things I've been thinking about and reading li- lately. And it's this quote, perhaps you were born for times such as this. And I can think about um, things that are going on in my life that I feel like that's relevant for. But um, in my mind, I guess the definition is that there's a lot of things that you may not have asked for that you feel like is not my responsibility, but that you are brought to and that maybe you are just the person for that role, even if it's not the way you necessarily envisioned it. And so, again, I feel like I've got some of my own situations that I've thought about previously and presently. But um, one that I do go to historically, because I feel like I like to look back at um, the past to sort of set a model for where we're at today in my own life, but in the landscape of things that are happening in the world today. And there's a couple books I've been reading. One of them is about Robert Oppenheimer. And of course, there's the popular movie that's going on. But the other one I wanted to talk about is um, Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, the, Barbie, Barbie yeah. hit at the same time. Different path there. No, um, Winston Churchill, The Darkest Hour. And 
an example of this quote for Churchill is that <clears throat> he was the uh, prime minister of England. They, they kind of overthrew and demanded the previous prime minister left in the 1940s. The heat of World War II is in its early days, and Nazi Germany is aggressively taking over Poland and a few other nations just quickly. And it, it's like uh, there's some dark times in, in Europe and for the whole world. He was a cigar junkie. Yeah, drank like a fish and smoked cigars like you wouldn't believe. But Winston Churchill sort of got thrust into this role that um, was not a mess that he made, but that through his courage and his willingness to just like accept the challenges, you know, he was well known for a few famous speeches. He sort of brought England back from the brink and his actions, not only you could argue saved England, but really saved the modern world as we know it from being that that one point of contention that just drew a hard line in the sand and said, no more, like, this is what we're doing now. When And in a time when England really felt alone in the in the war. So a really long tangent there, but that's where my thoughts go for this quote. So I'll throw it to Blake next. So perhaps you were born for such uh, times such as this, Blake. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it speaks maybe to purpose as a man or as an individual. Um, I was talking with someone earlier this week actually about, you know, how, how we fill our time and we fill our lives. And um, the world will proceed towards chaos if, if no one intervenes, right? And I think a lot of times people in, whether it's war times or our current economy and political, social climate, we, we like to complain. Everyone likes to complain. Um, it's a lot easier to complain than to do something. Uh, but perhaps you were born for times like this, I think, is just a testament to we were all called with purpose. Um, we all are going to leave our mark on this way in, in some way. And uh, you kind of get to be the author of your own story in that regard, you know. And um, I think of things like th the conversation I was having pre previously, it was video games and pornography and all these outlets people use that just aren't, they're not fruitful. They're not doing anything. When you are on your deathbed, no one's going to remember you for those things. I, I sure hope they don't. Um, At you least know, not in a positive light. Not in a positive light. Yeah, my my dad was a deadbeat. He sat around and played you know video games all the time. He was in his he was in his den all the time. And I, I don't mean to ridicule anyone, but when I look at my life and I, I look at how I try to live it, and I, I hope this is true of everyone. You know, what are you doing, and what's the impact? And the times like this piece to me is just look around. I sure as heck hope you're not 100 percent happy with this world. And what are you going to do to change it? Because we were, we're all born at different times. We're all born in different circumstances. But we all have an opportunity to make an impact while we're here on Earth. I love it. And JJ, you've got awesome projects and art that you've brought forth in the world. I want to hear your thoughts on this quote. Yeah, can you repeat the question for me? I like to go in <laughs> okay. like with a cue, like, so, a, like on stage. Not necessarily an answer that it has to say like a perfect example, but where does your mind take you when I say, perhaps you were born for times such as this? The first thing that comes to my head is... Uh, Man, I was born in the wrong time. But doesn't everybody say that? I've yeah, I right? think we've all felt I think that. We I won the lottery with when we were born. If you think about all of the modern technology, and, and arguably maybe it goes too far, but but throughout history we have we have access and um, financial means and technological means. Oh, totally. An easier form of living than any past generation. Oh yeah, and every year it gets better. Potentially, I mean There's that's, that's the whole ways. point. You yeah. know, it's. Uh, it's the the yeah. <laughs> the Commonwealth of the human population um, is is important and it's 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 seen. But I, I I pose the question of doesn't everybody also feel they were born at the wrong time? Meaning, a lot of people want to see what it's like in the future. They and the future for themselves. Like if they 
think at a young age, I'm going to live to be 80. That's thinking you're gonna you're gonna want to see. That's a different time. You want to be there. Mm. It's it's all and for me. It's all about like presence, like being in every single day and every single moment, trying to be there. I know that's a little easier said than done most of the time. But once you do start to think about those things, it's called planning. And then it's it's so it's 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 something that we always work towards. Mm-hmm. So it's future. But like for me, mine's the past. But like only a past that I could like retool exactly how I wanted. <laughs> you know. So it's yeah. it's all customizable. So it's. It's the sense of the grass is always greener for something or some way. So mm-hmm. I, I do agree with you, and, like, we're in a really cool time. Um, do you mind if I ask what decade you were born in? Uh, I was born in 95. 95, yeah. okay. So you are a late millennial. Correct. You were one year. It's like 95, 96. It's 96. It's 96. So you were about, what, about seven, seven, eight, when tech started to really yeah. Yeah, yeah. fold into things? I was I was eighty seven. Okay. So I was a mid millennial. Okay. So old. So old. But <laughs> in that in that little time chunk, the foundational years that you had crossing over from analog to digital world, mm-hmm. that really did something to you. Hmm. Like and that makes you feel like like a lot of the stuff and tech you like a lot of new technologies and stuff that's coming out. You're really into that kind of stuff, I bet. Uh, I understand it. I'm not into yeah, it. But yeah, but you understand it. It's yeah. it's not it's not like you're not in like awe of it, but you can you you grasp it. You can integrate it into your system. It comes naturally, well, yeah. right? Same. I feel like I can too. But there was more of a visual presence on what life was like before, mm. and I always like the like taken back. Mm-hmm. You know, going down to the roots. Um, I don't know if I'm every 36 year old to 37 year old that I've ever met um, in the past year, and there's been a lot of them that have said I want to start a commune um, in the middle of the forest um, <laughs> where other millennials come and we just, you know, grow stuff and we just, we, we, we support each other. And we're all naked. Um, no, it's not <laughs> naked. I mean, that's what I say. I always tell people if you have to convince somebody that it's not a cult, just say you're a hippie commune. That's fine. <laughs> like, let's just do that and do, do your thing. Um, but it's, it's just hilarious to, to see that. Like, and that's, that to me, that's a different time. Is that, what do you think drives that desire? You know, is it is it discontent with our current world? Is it striving for a sense of um, slowing down in peace that we don't have? What What do you think it has made that such a mainstream desire in today's world? For the for the age group that I'm talking about, and, and even some younger younger people who are more enlightened, you know, who have kind of seen behind the curtain um, and figured out some some mysteries that they've had in their mind. Um, for me, it's about. I feel like the only person that's going to take care of my family is going to be me mm. and my family. Um, and once I've realized that, like, the construct of the things are there to just help support civilization and, and, and civil, just a commune with people in general, <clears throat> it's it's wonderful. Um, but the moment that that breaks down, um, we've seen it multiple times. It's just chaos. So, so looking at the world for me, it's 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 fifty fifty type situation of like looks really great and promising some days, and some days it looks pretty damn terrifying. Mm. So I think it's more of a uh, of a constant up and down for a generation of people. Um, some choose to look at every day as like amazing, and some choose to look at every day as like I got to get through this. Yeah. yeah, the lens you view the world through makes a big difference. Totally. I think of breaking points too. When you were talking about, um, you use the word enlightened, but um, 
with the commune thing, you know, at one point our comrade Blaine had talked about things that um, basically you're going to, when do you see this changing? He talked about technology. You know, when do we realize that our addiction to technology is so crazy mm. we have to alter it? And I feel like some of this push towards communes or this quote-unquote enlightened life is um, because people are starting to see the ramifications of some of the very unhealthy things we've adopted with technology and the way we eat, and they, they want to reset, oh, yeah. basically. It's like yeah. we've made all this positive progress, and then they see a tipping point, and, and they want to reset before that tipping point, you know? Yeah. And I see a lot of the people who are doing it right now are the people who have had that, like, foundational 50-50 experience where they went from that analog world of rotary telephones still in the house here and dial up for the first time and going like what is this mm -hmm. um like even like vhs it still feels like oh that's digital but that was all like analog compared to what we're doing right now mm -hmm. yeah. so it's it's this kind of like taking it back to basics kind I think of that vibe. is a that's i like that exploration of like you spoke to just like interdependence, like you are responsible for yourself and your family and shouldn't be reliant on systems or other people or whatever. But like marrying that to the fact that you do live in a society and a time and place and you do have to figure out how to integrate and, yeah. and interconnect with with those functions, whether or not you agree. And so there is a totally. it's like, how do you how do you integrate with the world that exists and how do you carve out your own ways like the dance you're describing? Yeah. In, really in, in a sum up way, I, I would say it is it is relying not only on yourself, but your community that you create um, to support your endeavors, your passions, mm -hmm. um, your, your, your life, basically, and support the systems that you do not necessarily believe in for the the people that they're created for mm -hmm. because some of those systems do help some people even though i mean i've lived in a lot of rural zones other than food stamps and other state government type situations i've never really relied on any government stuff mm -hmm. other than the subsidized things that happen which we could get into that and all that stuff but it's just more of like a support those things that are out there rather than um rather than tear it down mm -hmm. it's it's more of it's ecosystem. It's symbi symbiotic living, um, even with the big system. I got gotcha. you. Bring it home, Shannon. What do you got on this matter? Yeah, it seems like there's been a, just going off of what you were talking about, it seems like there's uh, been a big rejection to a, a lot, for a lot of people to technology, to just a lot of the pro <clears throat> like progressive thinking. We're seeing a lot of people who are wanting to do homeschooling or do homesteading again. Yeah. And a lot of those like traditional type things. I remember... <laughs> I think it was when uh, I was in my last job when we lived down in the Eugene area. I was like, I was talking to Jenny. I was like, I just want to become part of the Amish. Like, <laughs> I'm like so sick of sitting in front of a computer and I just want to like be out working with the horses and working on a barn and like being in community without a cell phone in my hand all the I love time. That. Not that's... actually like join the, like just the thought sounds well, so nice. Yeah. And that's where my mind goes in JJ's comment about being born in the wrong time. It's like, obviously, mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. we could pick a time where we were, you know, colonists living off the land and that sounds bright and fancy. I'll do away with like the dysentery and the child mortality rate and all that stuff. Yeah, but, exactly. There's but to say like, if there was a world where you could actually live and sustain yourself and your family straight off the sweat of your back and the property mm -hmm. that you like own, that just sounds like and ideal. So I think that's why and the homesteading thing is becoming exactly, such a big thing. Again. Totally. And it's like, well, if you really try to integrate that with modern society, it's like next to impossible for a person to be <laughs> able to acquire the kind of 
um, money to purchase the property and to be able to have a sustainable income on that type of ground. It's like a, it just seems like there's a challenge of integrating that into modern society that seems really feasible. And so that's where you look to, to the past to say, you know, people of whatever time in the past that did live that lifestyle didn't worry about emails and they had an affordable loan payment and that kind of stuff that seems desirable. Yeah. yeah. And again, there's all, there's plenty of other challenges that uh, they were faced with that we don't have today, but yeah. It's like pioneering the West seems like an, an amazing time. Like you get to explore and you get to find land. And sure. You, but also you're being like attacked all the time You're uh, by animals or whoever it might be. Sure. You're, and obviously you're dying from dysentery. You're their land. With the, you're... You know, destroying the people that may have lived there before. <laughs> yeah, forcing and all that people yeah, out of their land. You're genociding like, like, a, a whole now. population. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of darkness within that that, that we. Uh, would be silly to totally that's forget. why i was specific about only if i could retool that path that's right to exact <laughs> thing like oh, it happened this way and this way as far as uh esther um oh I, well, what i was gonna say is uh that quote uh, yes. such a time as this i don't know that's you know biblical for such a time as this it comes from the book of esther um you probably had a different quote come with that from somewhere but um I just I, I think of it as like when you're put into any position. I mean, it could be you know something small, your day to day, whether you're going to be the coach of your kid's soccer team. Like I just think I, I think of that line. Like you were you were born for such a time as this. You were you were born to be your child's parent, to be in this position coaching their team. Like it could be anything, like small to big. Like you're you were put in this position for a reason. I like that. And you were born for such time as this. I remember giving this message when I was a high school leader at our at our last church, and um, I really wanted the message to come to come through to the kids. And I just feel like they like really weren't picking it up the way I wanted them to. <laughs> the eyes glazed over. Yeah, I just I yeah. love that. That's, that's 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 great. So you do know my I'm I'm, I'm a spiritual universal person, and I love that that's that's what you say because oh, yeah. I dig I love religion. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. That's why Don <laughs> Slippy is one of my good buddies. Um, and by the way, oh man, I can't talk about this right now. I'll say it later. Um, <laughs> but 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 the idea of that is really cool. It's the it's the uh, it's the faith that you put into things. It's it's the passion behind the things that you do. No matter how small it is, it can still mean a great deal. And I love that. That's that's, that's beautiful. My version is that's the magic. And a lot of and a lot of people and like peoples and faiths and and religions have constituted faith and religion with magic so i i i think that's a really cool thing that's that's a cool like uh, bridge yeah. that i've never really felt before with yeah. um with that because we put a lot of value into like you know crystals and stuff like that yeah. same thing with like moments and and ideas and mindsets uh perspectives so i think that's really cool yeah. I think there was an interesting contrast there too when Shannon mentioned like wanting to be Amish and then yeah. mentioned like <laughs> child mortality rates and, and dysentery and, and different things. And I, I think we have to realize too that the world we live in, we have to take and realize there's good and bad in every generation. Yeah, um, I was listening to a podcast this morning on health and they actually were talking about the Amish and how Amish communities have a much lower rate of cancer. Like cancer is almost non-existent. Yeah, they barely have processed foods. Well, it, that's exactly right. Is is they have exchanged, what we've exchanged is convenience. Um, we have Wi-Fi everywhere we go. We have processed foods. We have vehicles that take us places. They don't have those things. So they have other difficulties we don't deal with. Yeah. But as a byproduct, 
they've eliminated some things that are hardships later in life. And every generation, if we think back to, you know, coming into the United States and taking over all the the discovery of America, yeah, there was things there that they didn't have to deal with, but there were a lot of things they did. Yep. And same thing today. There's things that we no longer have to deal with because of modern medicine or, you know, the luxuries we have. But now we have cancer and, and all these things yep. that still ream horrific um, just tragedy in our lives. And so no matter what generation you're born into, no matter where you were born, et cetera, there, there's always going to be good and bad in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to capitalize on, on the good and, and not let the bad weigh too heavily on you. That almost proves the point, though. Which point? Of getting back down to basics. No matter what, I mean, that's the the Amish. What what could be more basic representation of getting back to basics than the Amish community? And I I think that like there's certain tropes for humankind that like transcend time and space, and that's what I think you're getting at, Blake. Is that I feel like this is a quote that could be universally applied to any time and circumstance in life. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very it's very uh, like short and simple, but like greatly applicable. And so I think just in that search for meaning and that discussion of like faith and not faith just in a specific religion, but faith is like believing in something that you can't see or comprehend, but to to, to still give it your greatest efforts anyway is is what I see faith as. But um, yeah, well, thanks, guys. I thought it was a great way to kick off our conversation here. So um, it's way fun. Did anybody else bring something today they want to throw out? I mean, we got some exciting stuff from JJ, but I are could, we ready to go there? Are we ready to go there? We Let's could, go there. We could go there. We can go there. Okay, so we go kind there. of flirted earlier with the, the me. <laughs> that's right. First what? of all, yeah, if you haven't listened to our episode with JJ, he did a guest appearance with us, and you can get to know him a little more um, from that episode. That was a blast. But we also talked about the uh, the fact that we've got some exciting new twists and turns in our utilization of the space, and JJ has been a great uh, collaborator in starting to kind of build that vision for us. So take us there, JJ. Well, in that in that episode was our Eastern uh, Eastern Oregon Connection podcast, yes. which is like it was so it was an actual interview of of JJ. Yeah. So you got to lot talk lots about yourself. It was it was a couple hours, <laughs> um, and I, I appreciate you guys having me, and and it really sparked a really cool thing. Um, sure. So when I was here. I, I saw the space and I just said, you guys have this space? <laughs> <laughs> I know that was the thing. Um, but no, it's a great studio. Uh, it's now called Close Enough Studios. Is that official? It's official. We got some. We don't have like a website yet, but I have the domain name, uh, the email, starting the socials pretty soon here. Um, Close Enough. Close enough. <laughs> close enough. We get it. Like, hey, is that? Is, did, did we get that? It's close enough. We can we can fix it after. Uh, that's the whole idea. Um, you don't have to be a perfect person uh, to do a podcast. You can come in, and anybody can do it. Um, so with that, we had been talking to people, trying to put our feelers out there to anybody that had an idea uh, for a podcast uh, because we're starting a network. That's right, folks. January 2024, we'll be launching two other podcasts alongside EO Connection. Is it Connections? EO, Eastern Oregon Connection, and then Chat PDT. And this is our little sub Chat PDT. Yep, Chat PDT. So now, we'll, alongside EO Connection and Chat PDT, uh, we will have two other podcasts. One called The Fraser List, 
um, breaking down Brendan Fraser's compendium of TV and movie appearances um, through the 90s and the early 2000s. Riveting. Uh, it's an eight-episode <laughs> limited series with, with special guests, a couple of famous guests um, that we will reveal two days before the podcast comes out. Um, Only two days? Don't want to give it more time for people to get excited? Just in case they can't make it to the oh. recording. <laughs> We're going to make Leave sure room there for two days before, just on those two. It's like, I think you want a little more time to ramp it up. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, the other one we are going to start is a, it's about men's mental health, uh, but it's going to be a very short podcast, uh, five minutes long max. I got to throw this in here because when you, when we talked about this in the studio and, and JJ was like, yeah, this men's mental health, five minute little snippets, I'm like... Yeah. How can you get there in five minutes? Like, come on, like, where are we going with this? And then we Im- immediately proceeded to go very deep in mental health. It's really easy. To less do. than five minutes. It was impressive. When I don't, it's, and that was just going to be me um, by myself. Uh, it's going to be, I think, like Fraser Crane. Like, hello, Seattle, and welcome to. Who's apparently got a new show, by the way. I know. It's, I saw this that. It's totally really? cool. Fraser's I can't back. wait to watch what's, it. Fraser. I think it's called what, Fraser. What's the show, though? It's, it's called Frasier. Um, same premise? Or? Same premise. He's oh, the radio okay. DJ. But this is called the Fraser List. Because a lot of people, and I'm going to talk <laughs> about Fraser. It's Fraser. Fraser Crane from Seattle, the old show, um, in the Fraser List. Because Brennan Fraser, not Fraser. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there as a society. Uh, <laughs> but the men's health, no, uh, men's mental health is going to be a, it's a comedic deep dive uh, into issues that men face all the time. Uh, the... Difference between regular masculinity and toxic masculinity. Is it even a thing? Um, it, it's really about validating all types of dudes' feelings about what they're going through, but also providing support and just just help to, to get through things. Uh, we're going to have a call-in uh, situation on that. It's not going to be a therapeutic-type situation. It's going to be call-in situation, like say what you got going on, and it will be more of a topic based on the next uh, the next podcast so you'll be credited with that if you want to or if you want to be anonymous that's totally cool <laughs> so these are awesome just to just to kind of clarify the eo connection and chat pd still chat pdt are still going to be rocking strong but these are going to be uh, other podcasts in the network so that we can allow some other creative outlets yep. to utilize the space just share more uh and some different angles on some cool conversations in our community and we're just super pumped that uh, that JJ's been able to help sort of facilitate yeah. that, man. So we're we're super excited to hear what uh, what comes out with that. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you guys to see it too and hear it. Um, and oh, and after that, three months after, we're going to be starting three more uh, brand new shows. Yeah. So by what's it? January, February, April. By like the first of May, there's going to be seven shows under the network nice so just stay tuned on to um, our channels and obviously we'll point you to jj and the stuff that he's bringing forth as that comes out um but anyway so we're super pumped about that yeah blake you're always the book man so i'm just i love getting ideas and inspiration from you on what to read like i said i've got a couple on my mind right now that are sort of in the world war ii realm but after that where can you point us? What have you been reading? Oh, man, I'm a big self-development book guy. And uh, so this is a maybe niche area that a lot of people don't love. Um, I'm currently re-listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, are, are you guys familiar with that at all? It's been sitting on nope. my shelf. I've picked up some not a dad. Some themes from it, but uh, it's applicable even if you're not a dad. But, oh, okay. But yes, that's a 
So you're re-listening to that yeah. one. So that that's a book that I, I probably listen to, I'd say, a couple times a year. Um, and I, I just think it has a really good, simple-to-understand framework around how to better manage your finances and, and make money work for you. I actually have a friend that they just bought their first rental property, and he's always been very conservative. You know, I want everything paid off. I don't want to have any loans, et cetera. And his wife started reading this, and she told him, like, no, we, we don't want to pay this off. We want to let someone else pay our mortgage. And that was just a mind-blowing concept to him. And so we were discussing the book, and I just felt like I should reread it. Um, but I have also recently finished The 5 a.m. Club, and that might have been a little self-biased because I'm an early riser. But yeah. it, it was uh, another simple what? story around, um, you know, some of the benefits of getting up early and how that can be time for you to be the most productive physically, mentally, spiritually, and just really sets a platform for your entire day. And I really enjoyed that book because it tied in a lot of other kind of self-help, self-development books. Um, but my big topic recently that I've been thinking about more than any, I think, is relationships and um, how to strike the balance of value in relationships. Um, I would say I maybe go a little more than some people in terms of travel and taking things on and, and all of that. And part of the podcast, you know, we were talking about the coming of winter and how that can often symbolize slowing down. Um, and I think about how that maybe will allow more time for um, spending time with loved ones. You know, the holidays often facilitate that as well. But I guess with you guys, um, kind of having some similar yet different um, situations with where you're at with family and marriage and kids and um, all of that, how do you guys go about striking the balance of, I guess, making sure you connect enough with the people that matter to you? And, and I'll kind of set the stage um, in where, you know, myself and my girlfriend have been kind of processing this is, you know, we I have my parents who are divorced. So I have my mom and my dad, and then she has her parents. And then we have our friends, and then we have time together. And then we have our individual endeavors. And, and how do we make sure that we are spending time and showing all those people we love them realistically, you know? Mm -hmm. um, for example, we talked about, you know, we, her parents live out in Pilot Rock. We, we'd ro really like to make a better effort to see them. It's not realistic for us to say we're going to go out there every Sunday night for dinner because no. that's just not going to happen. It's ridiculous. So is it is it once a month we go out there? Is it um, we need to make sure it's a two-way street and we, we need to have a communication where sometimes they come here, sometimes we go there. Um, this is this is something we are trying to tease out. Um, and then making sure you have enough time for yourself and, and each other and all of that. But I guess in your individual lives, um, as you've now, you know, Shannon, Ryan, I know you guys have children and, and a spouse. JJ, I don't know your situation married, fully. Yeah. Mo married. married man. Yeah. Um, not a married man here. But Almost how... 10 years. Oh, wow. Congrats. That's, that's awesome. Um, how have you guys gone about laying the groundwork for that with your partner or what does it look like in different seasons and evolutions yeah go ahead jj i got oh, some thoughts on this but okay. I'll, I'll circle back to myself here well i I'll, i'd love to yeah this is uh, probably probably episode two of the men's mental health podcast but i'll dive into it a little bit uh for me it's boundaries it's it's, it's beautiful <laughs> boundaries um it's hard to figure out what those are and how to set those and it's hard to do with family um but a lot of the time, I'll just, uh, as an example, uh, me and my wife, um, we, my parents live in Alaska. Um, her folks live uh, in the valley. Uh, I have my siblings right next door to me. Um, so it's, it's easy to see family every day if I just see my sister. But a lot of the time it's tough to drive places and fly places and do all that stuff. And as we all know, family has expectations, uh, especially parents. Um, and it's that I, I like that you said, you know, is it a two-way street? Are they seeing us 
are they making the effort as much as we're making the effort type of thing? And I think that's when boundaries start to come in. Um, if that's if that is a boundary, it's one of those things that you create. So for for me, I've realized that it's never going to be a two way street, especially with parents. Uh, the expectation will always be there, and you'll only get resistance <laughs> when it's not there. And that's just in my case. So so boundary with me is we just we make an effort when we can, when it's affordable to us, but. We make the family time the most of it when we get it. That's the that's the best way of looking at day to day for me. Yeah, it's a really cool question though. Go ahead, Shannon. I will say this real quick, JJ. I've I've learned in my life, like when you say I'm not I, I'm not speaking specifically to your situation. No but worries. When you said, every situation is different. <laughs> yes, every situation is different. But when you say um, it's not a two way street, and maybe it never will be. I think there's times where it, it that's absolutely true. But I also have learned that. Sometimes that uncomfortable uh, conversation is worth it because as much as it turns your guts to, to broach that topic that you think is untouchable, you get past a tougher day or two or whatever, and you can actually would be amazed at where things might go that you thought never would happen in a family relationship. And again... You know, you, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I know what you're about to say. The, 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 comedic, <laughs> the comedic part about that is all of those avenues have been exhausted yeah. um, to where my feet... Have are, they're bleeding? Exactly um, what I was gonna say as well. And because you would be surprised to see where those conversations go, and I was yeah. every single time I tried. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's then that's the thing. It's like for for one set of family that works. And sometimes that's where you you for just gotta say set. I've exhausted my options. Boundaries right there. Boom. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Shannon, take it with us. <laughs> Uh, shoot. Well, now what was I going to say? Before? So, so it was about the balance of just like lifestyle yeah. oh, so of managing all those. Specifically, talking about kind of the going into the holiday season. Um, Jenny and I, uh, you know, we grew up both in Pendleton, so so seeing family and Easy. loved ones. Yeah, during that time, you know, our does parents. Does that make it easier, or does it make it harder? Uh, easier. No. For us, really, for I've got seat. some thoughts for on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on Shannon's with this, like easier, <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, you're with me on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Our parents don't <laughs> live in Alaska and across the state, so <laughs> all our families kind of been right here in the Pendleton area, and so we have always done like Christmas. We've always done Christmas morning with her, with Jenny's family, and then uh, we'll do like Christmas, like brunch, lunch. And then later in the day, we'll go over to my family. And so we'll do Christmas with both sides of the family. And that's been super easy. Um, Thanksgiving, I think we normally choose like one family every year. But it's never, it's never been a difficult um, thing for us as far as choosing family during holidays. Um, you're asking about friends and stuff and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I, once you become parents and you have kids, it's, it's just like it's a time of life thing too. Um, so that's just, and you know, we just moved back to the area. So we were in Eugene. Um, but like we would do like a friends giving, um, when we lived in Eugene with a bunch of friends. So we would all get together before Thanksgiving and then all go and see our different families. Um, so being intentional, well, intentional about like getting together with those friends. Um, and that, but like just, you know, when we did move back to Eastern Oregon, this isn't speaking about just holidays, but you know, we left our best friends down in that area. And so um, we've been intentional. Both sides have been very intentional about us going back down there to stay with them, them coming and staying with us. And because friends, our, right? 
Yeah, friends. These are friends, not family. Um, Framley. 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 <laughs> um, and that's been amazing. You know, our kids are very similar ages, and um, and so giving them time to grow up together as well has been very important. So you definitely um, you pour into the relationships that that you really cherish. Um, I think, and, and you, you make time for it. Um, so yeah, uh, you've only got so much time, you know, when you're, when you're married and have kids and, um, yeah. yeah, so you, you really cherish the, the good relationships you do have and have boundaries with the relationships that can be very tumultuous and because it even ma- it makes stressful. those relationships better. Totally. The mm-hmm. boundaries actually make those really like even violent relationships. Like, cause like, like some brothers I know, like that can get like into it all the time. Mm-hmm. Having those types of boundaries to make those relationships better. They may not see them as often, but those moments make it make it that much better. Yeah. Blake, I thought that was a great question. And where it took me was a, a discussion that I had or that was had actually at my workplace recently. We had a cool um, like keynote speaker come train on an admi- administrative like training day. Um, he's a gr- I would recommend him for situations where you guys might have like workplace training where you're looking for somebody. But the conversation that he uh, hosted, it was titled Burning Bright Without Burning Out. And it was, um, it still takes me to where you're going, though, with that balance of life and just all these different relationships and dynamics. Because some of my big takeaways from that, that discussion were that if your tank is empty or your wick is overspent, you've got nothing left to give to anybody else. And so I think that it's so much, it's so easy to give, 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 and try to like manage all those things, but also to like being mindful of what you need yourself in periods of rest and recuperation or like prioritizing situations or people that fill your cup rather than drain it. And another thing I was thinking about is that there was a part during this discussion where the guy had like the whiteboard and he had each day of the week on it, just like one week's time, Sunday through Saturday. Right. And I think he did maybe like you know, six hour blocks of time. And he's like, okay, here's your week. Here's, you know, four chunks per day, basically of how you spend your week. And he goes through and X's out all the time you're sleeping, X's out all the time you're working. This time you're, if you're not working, you're getting ready for work, blah, blah, blah. So you've got basically like one or two squares for every day of the week. And then maybe more on the weekends. And it's like, how are you going to prioritize and manage the what you're going to do with this time? And I think that's an important piece that you're probably really good at, Blake, is just like really being mindful about planning and coordinating what those things look like. Because if you don't sit there and really talk through where you're going, that time gets taken away from you so easily by so many other things. There, There's an endless number of things that demand your time and attention. And so you really have to try to find a way to take the reins and say, what's the most important to me? How do I want to be in control of my life to the extent that I can? Because most of your time is really out of your control. Um, And so I think it's a balance of self-care. It's a balance of like planning and coordinating. And then it is um, broaching those honest conversations too, because I, as we're talking about holidays, it's like, I think we all can speak to, at least one or two of those family members that are like, oh, you don't want to be with us on this holiday. And it's like, I'm drained before I even show up because you're putting that on me. Like, yeah, that type of response. (laughs) Yeah, that's hard. It's like, hey, we love each other. And that that feels like a shame situation just to kick off the bat, you know. And so, um, yeah, but that's a really good question. And I think I'll just close with the thought about the seasons of life that you guys touched on, because 
you know, Carly and I were talking about this too. It's like, you really have to be realistic with your expectations too, because I'm the type of person that feels like I want to set high goals and get them all accomplished. And then it's like, I get disappointed if I didn't feel like I accomplished enough to get through all that stuff. And so to, to take a backseat and say, you know, we do prioritize our home life and our children and our family. So that will take away from some of those things and, and you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just knowing like the season of life, well, the seasons are changing. And so that kind of makes me like more tired and less ambitious anyway. And we have young children who are doing sports and we care about that. So that's a couple more boxes that are X'd off throughout the week for practice and games and stuff. And so you have friends and maybe you, you touch base with them for a text message, but you don't have time to go spend two hours with them every week. But um, some of it's just being realistic about where you're at in that season of life. And um, just having clear expectations, I think, um, stops a lot of disappointment because I think a lot of negative feelings are really just about unmet expectations in life. So, yeah, yeah, I think one uh, common thread I, I guess I observe as people have kids, get married, et cetera, is you almost just can't have as many people in the fold, you know, and, and I don't mean to say that in a negative way, but you just you can't I feel like as a young man, I've tried to maintain a lot of relationships from different seasons of life. You know, I have a few friends from high school, a few friends from childhood, college, grad school, current life, and I, I'm trying to maintain every year getting together and doing a trip with them or visiting them, et cetera. And so I guess, like, for example, my mother and I were just away for several weeks, came home, I have this weekend. Next week, and I'm getting together with some friends from college. Well, it turned out that someone that was pretty important to my girlfriend passed away. And they have a funeral next weekend. It's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in San Diego on Saturday. I'm really sorry, I can't, you know. And, and so I, I struggle with this compromise of trying to how do I fill these boxes to maximize my time with people that are important to me, yet leave room for unexpected and leave room for just being present when it's when it's needed, you know. Um, and I if ask it was a like, question? yeah, um, do you seek community? Yeah. Is there, is there a form of community that you're seeking right now? Like, do I seek more of it or, mm-hmm. or uh, I mean, probably always, but I feel like my community cup is pretty full at this moment. Totally. But do you think, do you think there is some form, like, as you said, like you try and meet up with your friends? It's um, like, do like a, like a yearly annual like thing. Yeah. Is it because you can't get together other times? Uh, I, I think Very it's easily. because as as life well, a lot of them don't live here in Pendleton. That's okay. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah, so as a- life gets busier, and I I'm trying to continue to honor those relationships. You know, my friends that all live in Boise now, we get together two way street, okay. and we we met for a weekend at Wallowa Lake earlier gotcha. this summer. You know, my friend, best high school friend, one year he flies up here, the next year I fly down to California and visit him, and we've tried to maintain those things. Um, and, and it's been great, and I'm super grateful for that. But as life gets busier, as you have kids, as I now not only need to see my parents, but my girlfriend and my girlfriend's parents, my girlfriend's family, um, it just seems like at some point you've got to start to piece things out. Yeah. And realize. So my next question would be, do you have something like that here where your home base is? Uh, friends? Like that. Well, friends like that. Uh, definitely. I mean, I, I have some very good friends here. Um, I would say the depth is not always the same. Um, and I have a few, uh, but maybe part of, yeah, that is... I haven't found the same like deep connection to the people that I hold on to from my past for sure. Yeah. Cause and, were you in a situation where it was very like mutual, like interests, you went through something together. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Went together. through college together, went it's through really grad school together. Foundational you know, stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
it's really tough to find. Yeah, really yeah. Is. So it's it's an interesting balance. Um, but yeah, I guess I appreciate you guys' insights on that as I continue to tease through it. The thing about your family living here, not living here. So uh, I'm glad you brought back that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's an interesting topic because in some regards, I mean, I am super grateful my family lives here. Um, I know Jojo's super grateful her family lives here, and and initially I was like, oh, this is great. Both our families live here. This is amazing. But now there's an expectation to see them a lot more often than if they lived in Alaska. And I'm not saying that in a way that I don't want yeah. to see them. I love them. Um, but, you know, to me, if, if you say, hey, my family lives in Alaska, JoJo's family lives in Idaho, okay, one year we'll go see her family, one year we'll go see my family, and we'll just alternate. Whereas right now, it's like, well, on Thanksgiving, um, we're going to be at my mom's from 10 to 1, and my dad's from 1 to 4, and then JoJo's family from 4 to 7. Um, and so there's a little bit of like, how do we, you know, satisfy everybody and then in the day-to-day, you know, um, if our only priority is like, oh, we just got to get together with our friends and have a good time, it's like, well, that's one thing. But now we also have to make time for our family on a regular basis, et cetera. And I don't, again, I don't mean to sound belittling at all. I'm so grateful for my family to be here and that JoJo has her family here in a lot of ways. But it does add another element in the fold of time management. Totally. I think a lot of it comes to I got something too. the expectations <laughs> on the other side as well, like, Maybe I think it's a lot easier, especially with my family, because there's like zero expectation. Like, I don't know uh, if your if your girlfriend's mom like always wants to spend time with her, then there's an expectation you're all going to be hanging out together a lot or something like that. Um, I've never had that with my family. You know, there's zero expectation from my dad or my mom or my brothers or sisters that we need to like hang out or hang out more. So that makes it easy for me. There's more of that on Jenny's side of the family, but not a lot of pressure. So I could see if there was like a little more pressure, like why aren't we hanging out more? Or like that could be mm. pretty difficult. Uh, and I think I that was a great thought. I'll go ahead, JJ. Cause yeah, I don't want to steal that from you. Mine, that's a good one. mine might get a little like heavy, but it's okay. Okay. Um, I, I, that's, that is one part of it for me, but I, I look at it a, a, a different way. Um, what's easier when they're in town for me, my parents used to live in town. I, they lived in the house that I live in right now. And I lived up on uh, King, right by Skyline. I barely saw them. I saw them like twice a month. But it was great. I, I did spend the whole day, the whole weekend. Sometimes they'd come up. It was super chill. I got to see them whenever I wanted to. Um, they moved to Alaska. I see them once or twice a year. And if you do the math right now, my father is 67 years old. He just had lung cancer, and he just got all the lung cancer removed in a surgery. But the one of the oldest person in his family is like 85. They live that long. So if my father lives another 18, 18 years, I have 30, let's, let's average it out to like one and a half times. So 18, 24. 24. 24 more times. Is the accountant over there? 24 no, more times. 27. Like, 27. 27. Thank you. I get to see my Nine dad 27 more times. <laughs> I think Sorry. with that with that math, mm-hmm. that makes it harder. You cherish those moments more. Hell yeah. Yeah. Heck mm-hmm. yeah. That's too that's too few. Yeah. So like younger, you're a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Your parents are probably a little bit younger. 63. Just a little bit, <laughs> but it's just like it's just like I don't know. Um, 
it's just one of those things. I, I'm sure my sisters who've had kids earlier on in their life, I don't have children at all, mm-hmm. um, thought that a little bit more mm-hmm. about the time and stuff like that because they spent more time with my parents and stuff like that. But I, I think it just it just comes with time and whatnot. You start to you start to see it as like, yeah, I got boundaries and all that stuff. But like, there's only gonna be like a few more times I'm actually gonna get to spend with this person. So it would be nice if they were just like right down the street. Gotta value it. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I've quoted this before. But most people, eighty percent of the time you'll spend with your parents is the first eighteen years of your life. Oh yeah. You know, the massive chunk of it is when you're a kid, and you take it for granted. You know, I think about when I left for college. Yep. I realized how much I actually loved my family. But when you're there all the time and, and they're just, I'm on my phone, mom's over doing her thing, dad's doing his thing, you're just being together. You're not really yeah. cherishing that time. You don't have to entertain anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to put on airs. You can just be, you can fart in the middle of the room mm-hmm. and your your dad or, or whoever the reciprocal farter in the family is will fart back. <laughs> you know? There is always two. There's always two. Oh, my family's got more than two. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I think it's a natural human instinct that you have to fight just that floating baseline of that, just being your normal and sort of getting comfortable in that and stepping back to being mindful of just that presence to say, I'm really going to appreciate this moment because you might even count and say we've got 27 more visits, but none of those are even promised either. Exactly. You know, it could exactly. be zero. It could be five. You don't really necessarily know. So Flights get canceled. Yeah. Man, plans you, change. I think that's a constant human struggle is just like how to take the the seriousness and the presence of mind into the current moment we're in, whatever that moment is, because, yeah, there's just a million, like I said, there's a million things that can take your time and energy and we're always forward thinking and trying to, to plan ahead or we're stressed about this thing that may or may not come up that takes our energy. I can speak to that, you know, and it's like, man, just that constant struggle to have presence of mind and be in the moment you're in is like, if, if a person could master that, they've got the keys to the universe. I've you know? mastered it. Always, uh, you can presence yourself in, in an instant. Just if you, if you believe this statement, you got to believe this statement though. And it's it's for it's not for everybody. If you can say honestly that the past is real, it just doesn't exist anymore, and the future is not doesn't doesn't exist at all because it hasn't happened yet. If you can actually believe that statement, you can present yourself really well. I like that. Yeah. Here, real quick, Ryan, before you um, jump in, your thing about twenty seven more visits with your dad, uh, because yeah. this initially sprung from a book recommendation. There's a book <laughs> called Four Thousand Weeks, um, and it, it's a really powerful read. It's about the finitude of time. The average person lives to roughly seventy seven years old in America, and that is that's four thousand weeks. And when you start to break down how quickly a week goes by and how our weeks are ticking away. Um, you know, memento mori, the realization we're going to die someday, it really does put in perspective, like, I need to cherish this time more. Oh, yeah. And as you get older, the collection of memories and experiences makes the passage of time start to increase exponentially. Well, any have you ever, ever seen those videos where it's like, okay, you've, so you've got 4,000 weeks, but then you spend so much time sleeping. You spend so much time yeah. on your phone. You spend so much time, like, just, you know, whatever, going to the bathroom, showering. And then it gets down to, like, how much time you like actually have to share with loved ones or whatever and it's like oh my goodness that's why when recreational psilocybin is like available everyone should do a little bit (laughs) because the dreaming the vividness of dreaming is amazing 
Um, and you won't be wasting time. <laughs> I, did, I did not see the conversation <laughs> going there. That took quite a turn there. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> spiritual, universal. Okay, Joe Rogan. <laughs> hey, there we go. Hey, Dr. John Peterson, too, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, JP. Uh, yeah, no, I think that we are all... Um, you know, there's so many interwoven, like, thoughts and philosophies and ideas. And it gets to that whole thought about how, like, I feel like so many people in so many ways are sort of looking for the same things by different channels. And I guess that's the note I'll leave on your comment there, JJ. But I, love that. Um, I do, returning to real quick on Blake's, uh, or the discussion of, like, where your family's located in the holidays and stuff. That is a tough one to navigate, especially with kids and everybody. You know, I guess start with the thought that maybe we are so fortunate that we have so many people in our lives that do care and want to be involved in our yeah, lives. Yeah, what a great problem to have. That's a good problem to have. And I always have to try to start with that as a moment of gratitude. Like, maybe I feel like this one's nagging on me or, oh, it's going to be a pain to travel to this place or this person's going to say this thing that's going to annoy me. But it's like, what a good problem to have, to have people in your life that care and love you and want to be around you. And, um, it's interesting because it, on one hand, I think it would be easier if all your family's in the same town to, oh, you're going to check off all the boxes. But as you started to lay out the schedule for the day, I started getting anxious. Like I'm not going to settle into any one place because no. I'm going to be thinking about and ready for the next one and just knowing yeah. what my day's going to entail. So maybe, I mean, it is almost easier in a sense to be like, sorry, we can't go to this place or this place or this place. Literally See because next year. <laughs> yeah, we're three hours away in this other place and this is what we've committed to. So you give them the disappointment up front, but then you can really check into like, this is where I'm at. This is my presence of mind. I don't have to be to four places today. I can really engage in the, the interactions and the discussion of what's happening here because I don't know about you guys, but like, unless I, it takes me time to really like get, get ingrained into where I'm at. And so, um, yeah, our family between Carly and I, you know, having divorces on both sides and stuff, our family, I like to say we've done like a shotgun blast that started in Pendleton and sort of powdered out in every other direction. We've got a lot of roots here in Pendleton still, but we've got family in Salem, Tri-Cities, Boise, and it's like all different directions and it's not really possible to see and catch them all. So um, the only piece I could say for that is that, you know, plan ahead, be mindful of, of where you do decide to go. And then, you know, maybe set up aside some time for phone calls or meaningful dialogue, even if you're not going to be present for that. You can get a lot done in a 30-minute conversation mm -hmm. if you break through discussions about the weather and the travel and can just get into how are you feeling and what's going on in your life and those kinds of things. So, Yeah, I think that's, uh, I have, I guess, two things um, for the day-to-day -day that I, I feel like have been very helpful for me with maintenance of relationships. One is finding overlap with people, you know, um, going back to our parents, I, I feel very, very blessed. Um, I see both my parents pretty much every day. You know, I, I exercise in the morning and my mom comes up to the athletic club and meets me there and we walk together for like half an hour when I'm done lifting. And so every day I get 30 minutes with my mom where we walk and we talk and, and we're doing something we both need to do and we're spending time together. And my mm. dad, you know, he lives near my workplace. And so rather than going and grabbing fast food or eating in the break room. I, I take the couple minutes I drive to my dad's house every day, eat lunch with my dad every day, you know, and, and so finding things you're already doing and then integrating people that matter into those, you know, Jojo and I, we go for walks together. We go to church. We're doing things that we both value and want to do. 
and, and you're kind of killing two birds with one stone in a sense, if you can find those areas of overlap with people that matter to you. Don't so, kill birds, but I like, I like that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot easier to integrate them. And then what you just said to me is, you know, that 30-minute phone call. One thing I did at the beginning of this year um, is I made a goal with my, you know, quote-unquote resolutions or whatever, every month to reach out to one person that matters to me. I think and, I remember you saying that. And that, that seems really simple. But me just thinking about, like, who really matters in my life? Who haven't I talked to? And just making a simple phone call, you know, has really helped to maintain some of those relationships that are um, not necessarily in my immediate proximity, but matter matter to me a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you just call them out of the blue, or do you, like, set it up? I usually send them a text, like, hey, I'd love to catch up soon. Are you free, you know, Saturday or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like calling them out of the blue is usually super fruitful, especially yeah. depending on the friend. But I don't say like, hey, I need to tick off my boxes. One buddy called me out on it. He's like, is this like a New Year's resolution thing? I called him in January. <laughs> like, totally, dude. Um, but yeah. yeah, I usually just send him a text during the week like, hey, man, I'd, I'd really love to catch up soon. Um, are you free, you know, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday? Yeah. I don't think he's going to be mad at that no. being a New Year's resolution. No, of like, I was like, hey, I want to connect with people I really appreciate. I was like, nope. And you're the first one, man. You're number one. You're the one I'm calling. <laughs> but in the same thing, I, you know, I plug my AirPods, AirPods in. I go for a walk and I talk to him that day while I'm walking. You don't have to just sit <clears> in the corner. To, to make time to connect with people. Why is it? What do you get out of that? I feel like I'm massively, you know, I get a rekindled uh, relationship with people that matter to me. Um, I, I feel like it's a means of maintaining friendship, getting an update on, on life. You know, I want to celebrate the people that I love, their wins, and I want to hear about their struggles. And so it, even if you're not there for them in those moments, it kind of gives you guys a, a way to keep that alive. This used to be so commonplace uh, between people, and I feel like it's a scary thing to think about doing for us. When we talk about things that have died or going back to a previous time, this is something Mm -hmm. I think about, too. Yeah. Every time I call a friend. Just like social... Every time I call a friend, they're awkward because it's weird. They don't... social norms. Hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in 10 years. They're like... Well, not ten years, it was like two years. It's like, mm-hmm. what's up? Yeah, what do you want, JJ? <laughs> but but every time, every time I have had one of those calls with a friend I haven't talked to in so long, we end up on the phone. Maybe for some reason, I don't even know why, but it's always ends up great. Mm-hmm. Like I always end up feeling so good about the connection. <laughs> so, so it's like why JJ's don't so we... so in with his hands here, <laughs> <laughs> except for JJ. I don't like talking to yeah. JJ at all. Well, and one one point there, JJ, you know, as we go through life, everyone evolves. You have to hope people are are growing in a lot of respects. And sometimes, you know, you do call friends and it's like that just flopped. And you realize maybe that person isn't on the same trajectory as me or we've grown apart, etc. But much to what Shannon just said, the people that, you know, if I have to pick 12 buddies I'm going to call this year, people that I call, it's one of those people that whenever we pick up the phone or whenever we're together, it's like we haven't skipped a beat. You know, and those are the people I want to hold on to. Oh, well, that's different. I just... I don't have a plan to call them. I just call them. I'm just saying, accident. like, when we, whenever we talk, they, it, it's like we, we're still so deeply connected. Yeah. It's not yeah. like we've. I thought you meant like way. reconnecting with somebody you hadn't seen in a long time, yeah. type of situation. Like, no, like my best friends from from undergraduate or from grad school that oh, I, that's, you know, I've I've talked to a couple of people from high school on the phone recently and a FaceTime, and that was. Ooh, people change. Yeah, uh, change a little bit. Yeah, then you decide: change. is yeah. this someone I want to continue to honor this relationship or not? No. Sure, yeah. <laughs> how did How did you end up on the phone with them? I think that's the question. It was my fault. It was my fault. I reached out to people <laughs> just like you did. Shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, you know what? I want to do this. I'm, I'll pick a few people that I want to reach out to. I was. It was a mistake. Well, I mean, if we're going percentages, there's like eight people 
one person was a good outcome. Twelve so, and a half. Twelve and a half percent. That's that's an F. Wow. Strong F. Bad, yeah. Dang. Well, but or you could say, hey, got that friendship back on track, and it was just that one, but it mean, meant a lot. And I think. I like that that you set that up, Blake. I think I didn't like mindfully make a game plan to do that specifically, but I have tried in recent days to make more of an effort of like, if I'm driving and I'm just thinking about somebody, I'm going to shoot them a text or I'm going to call them. And maybe in that moment, they're going to be busy because I think it is good to set up time for phone calls, especially because people just don't talk on the phone much anymore. But like that might spark the conversation to something else just to be like, hey, did you ever get that thing fixed? Or like, how, how have you been doing? How's the kids or whatever? And all of a sudden, like Shannon said, you start talking and it always ends up being good. Unless with, you're JJ. Except for, well, I was going to caveat <laughs> that with like... your mom and she's dead. <laughs> yeah, these are generally like people, generally people that I've like had somewhat of a ongoing contact with. And I, I, would, I haven't necessarily like cold called people 10, 15 years after the fact, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Oh, you, JJ, there's one common denominator with all these calls that went bad. Hey. <laughs> it's JJ. No. Check, oh, your, no. check yourself, homie. Oh, no. I also did this like three years ago, and I have since been yeah. diagnosed and treated for PTSD, ADHD that was misdiagnosed my mm -hmm. entire life. Severe. If you can't tell with the conversation and talking through the podcast um, and just uh, overall just like performance disease just to perform um, so now that I don't do that as much anymore it's a little better did you call it performance disease yeah. is that anxiety, a real thing like performance anxiety no no no, no. just somebody who you love to perform attention. make them laugh make them laugh I, I like to provide people joy Okay. Well, I just, it was, when you said it, it sounded very funny to me. <laughs> performance disease. If you didn't hear it from disease. JJ. I was like, wait a second. Is, is, that, is, that, is that straight from a doctor? Or? <laughs> this oh, is I uh, made that Oh, up. you <laughs> <laughs> self-diagnosed, but basically JJ's the class clown. If that, is that right? You got high school class voted as class clown. Class clown go. disease. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's yes. called ADHD undiagnosed. No, that's separate. <laughs> I do I do appreciate, JJ, I've always appreciated your willingness to just uh, speak about some of the struggles you've had and not not from the lens of like, I am who I am and this is why and I, I got problems, but to like say, hey, I've acknowledged some challenges that I have and oh, I've yeah. like worked through them. And it's also probably easier to talk about them when you feel like you've reached some resolution with those issues. Am I wrong? Oh, you're not wrong at all. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a threshold that you cross over at a certain point of, of therapy, medical intervention, uh, medicine, medication-wise, spirituality, faith-based stuff. There's, there's always a threshold that you cross over. Mm -hmm. But with this specifically, it's more of you gain an understanding once you can see yourself. Um, and then you can see yourself in other people and then you gain grace, you gain patience, um, you gain a lot of things in perspective. Um, so it just kind of turns into that. I always open it up because it's a safe space for me. I create that for the people. If you guys want to talk about anything that you got going on, you can totally, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's kind of what it is. If anybody else was struggling with that, I always just be like, Hey, I got it. This is where I'm at. If you're at a different spot in your journey, cool. It gets better or it gets worse and it gets better. I, I love that uh, my, my wife and I were talking about this because she's like the type of person that, n not no filter, but just like, 
I feel like she can get to more personal or intimate conversations with people because she's willing to go there herself first. And I think that's what you bring forward is like the willingness to be vulnerable and honest and talk about things that don't paint you necessarily in like a bright light all the time. Yeah. Not to say, oh, boy, look at me, the storm cloud of darkness, but just to like say, man, I, I'm not perfect and I love to stand in front of you and talk with you, but it's coming from a lens of sometimes struggle, you know, I, I don't know. I it's think not to get exactly. And it's not to get like, it's not to get praise and be like, Oh my gosh, good for you. You did this. I can't believe it. That's so good for you. I don't, I don't, I, nobody's seeking that that's doing it. It's more of a fact that it's just, Hey, it, it's, it's more of a beacon of it can get better. Right. Um, things can happen, but no matter where you're at, you just got to try. And that real talk. And Blake, I want to hear your thoughts on this because I've always admired like, that you just seem like the unbreakable resilience monster, you know, and in an intimidating way, like, because I know you, it doesn't, I'm not intimidated by you or anything like that, but just like surface level as a person who is like healthy and strong and bold and like stands firmly on who you are and what you believe in and just feels like you have everything going for you. It's, it amazes me and it's like inspiring, but where do your thoughts go with this discussion we're having? First off, thank you. That's very, very kind. Um, I think JJ laid a good foundation, but I don't think people are willing to talk about something until, or they shouldn't talk about something until they have a foundation of feeling secure and that they've processed through those things themselves. You know, I, um, early in my college career read, um, Daring Greatly, which is a book on vulnerability, probably more of a chick book, but, uh, it's by Brene Brown. Um, she has a Ted talk and I would highly, highly recommend it to anyone. Um, but it talks about being vulnerable and what it means to be vulnerable and, when it's appropriate to share. And the appropriate time to share is not when you're still actively processing through something. That's just wanting someone to listen to you. But I, I think the appropriate time to be vulnerable and share is after you've done the work. Yeah. Um, and I'm far from maybe whatever high praise you just gave me, which I appreciated. But I, I have tried to, whether it was insecurities around um, my intelligence or relationships or body or faith or anything like that, I've, I've very much tried to do the work. And so I, I feel like why I am willing to, or I want to talk about those things is because after sitting in and seeing the benefit, um, you, you want other people to have that too. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Brene Brown. Yeah. She's um, Brene Brown's amazing. It's great. And that, and you, the realization that you're always going to need to do work mm -hmm. on yourself is the threshold, yeah. I think. Did you uh, did you watch that Stutz documentary yeah. on Netflix? Yeah, that yeah, was that really was really good. Yeah, and that's what he says is you know that's one of the realities of life is pain, uncertainty, and constant work. Yeah, and if you can trust in yourself to take care of yourself and trust in other people to take care of themselves, type of thing, like eventually it it paves the way for great yeah. relationships. And okay, go ahead, Shannon. Oh, this this was a great segue because I have children and they can't take care of themselves. <laughs> and my next question for Blake was, or not even a question, but just I'm so curious, like down the road, if you're blessed with children, how how you take that on and how you change things with your life to kind of to make everything work the you know in a comfortable way for you. Or if you're blessed with not children. And this isn't say I'm not saying like I don't think you're going to be able to do all the things mm -hmm. you want to do with children. Because, like Ryan said, like, man, it's it's really impressive all the things you're able to do, and it will be even more impressive, I think, to see how you do it, like, 
at that time. Yeah. Well, and I guess even, you know, the earlier question about relationships, I, I'm trying to process those, those things now. You know, I, I think another time when people struggle is when you're not prepared. And so, um, you know, my girlfriend and I, we've talked about what a relationship looks like, you know, going towards marriage, having kids someday. Is she going to work? Is she not going to work? What's and, and so I am doing my best in this season when I have the the life that I've crafted to also prepare for what does the future have in store? Yeah. Can I ask a little bit more? Because I feel like you tugged on something that's sort of been on my mind too. And I wasn't sure how to quite put it to words, but you talked about like not speaking out or up when you're in the middle of the struggle. And I think I've sort of had to navigate that myself, which is like, when you're in a hard place mentally or you're working through something, it's like you don't really know how to express that feeling without feeling like you're being a negative and you don't want to be a drain on others. And I think I've struggled with that. Like, oh, when I'm in a bad place, I just, I want to talk to people, but I also feel like, gosh, I don't want to be that person that's just like nagging and complaining all the time, you know? And I think maybe because when you're working through something, you're obviously still working through it because maybe you don't have a solution yet. And I guess I just want to know what you guys think about that. Like, like you're saying, I, I agree with both of you to say it's easier when you've come out on the other side to be able to look back and say, this is what I struggled with, or these were my challenges or whatever. So what's the, I'm not sure what I'm asking, but it's like, how do you navigate talking through the challenges as you're in them, being mindful and patience that maybe it's not time to address that because you're still working through it. You know, whether it's like an addiction or just some bad habits or like just being mentally unwell or in a season of life that is challenging. It sounds like you're basically talking about this, the, the, the seeking of therapy in, or forms of. And I think as just to be specific, um, because this is what I've been diving into, men in general, um, it, the idea that, that men don't go to therapy is very, very real. A lot of men don't seek it out. They don't think it's for them. They don't think they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, those men, a lot of the time, have their own form of therapy built into their life. Yeah. Um, sports, uh, focus on sports, um, stats, keeping an organized, compartmentalized brain about all the different athletes that you know of, what they're doing, where they're moving, watching Sports Center, organized in the time that you're watching these things, all this stuff. You're regimented, you have a ritual. Fantasy football, there's there's outlets, you're building community, you're communicating with other people. This is forms of of meeting people where they are. So you're 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 getting validated for the things that you're passionate about and you care about. It's a great form of therapy. Not an amazing form of therapy. It doesn't work all the time because it's really not toxic, I won't say, but there are some really just kind of weird tropes and stereotypes that that uh, persist in that world. Um, music, theater, comedy, anything. When you think about it, uh, hobbies, uh, LARPing. Dungeons and Dragons. Right. It's like they're all different games with sort of predefined structures within them, right? Totally. So is that going to remedy your challenge or not, right? I think it does in, in, in forms. I think it's the acknowledgement um, acknowledgement of what is going on and, and giving it a name or something, um, like Brene Brown says a lot. Um, once you find out and discover what that thing is, it doesn't make it easier. It makes it harder, but it makes the journey more worth it. Mm-hmm. You're going through it and you're figuring out what it is. And I think therapy just kind of gets you there a little faster because it's just directed. I think women tend to be a lot better at 
talking about it with their friends or family members as they're going through it than, mm-hmm. than men are, you know, we, we try and get our therapy through these kind of external things, but, um, you know, we also, it's kind of nice to have an, an outlet with a podcast, a place we can talk, but also yep. like we've had lots of off the podcast discussions about, you know, really hard things. And it's been nice just as guy friends to totally. have someone to, to talk th- <coughs> through things with, um, you know, three guys right here that I can have a conversation with and you're all going to have different perspectives on maybe how I should handle something if I'm going through something really difficult. But a lot of guys don't feel like they have even one or two other people that they can talk to. And, and so, I mean, how many guys do you think want to take suggestion or, or advice from other guys? Like, not a, not a lot of the time. That's true. You don't get a situation like this where and people are And this comes back to kind of the toxic masculinity I guess it like, could be, because it could be, yeah, mm-hmm. we met, you touched on both of you, either the bullheadedness of the person to say, like, I don't need help or I'm not willing to ask for yeah. it. Or just man up. Or or maybe, yeah, you have a, a, somebody you reach out to and they're just like, what are you, what are you whining about? This isn't a... Or why are you coming to me with this or something like that, you know? Those this are potential. Totally. Suicide rates with, with males is is high, you know? You, you just man up until, yeah. until you don't want to live and anymore. And I guess it gets back to the question, <laughs> yeah. though, of like what is that appropriate boundary or level where it's like I can bring to my friends things I'm struggling with, but there's a limit of like, man, you're just complaining and griping, you know? Where where does that all live and exist? But I want to hear what Blake's got on this. Yeah, I, I would say my initial thought, Ryan, would be twofold. Um, one, as a man, you got to be willing to take off your armor. You can't always just act like you got it all together. Um, and the, the counterpart to that is you got to have people you can be real with. Um, and, and for everyone, not for everyone, is that their their parents or their spouse Sometimes that's a friend. Sometimes that's a traditional counselor. But you got to, you know, it's kind of the old AA thing. You got to admit you got a problem. You got to admit you got something you're struggling with. And you got to be real, not just, you can't just say it. You got to, like, actually commit to, I want to I want to work through this thing, you know. Um, and I think that's one thing, you know, Brene Brown uses the term that was pretty offensive to her early on about vulnerability, you know. Just don't be a pussy, you yeah. know. And that's that's not... That's what men used to view, you know, if you cry as a man, if you admit you're struggling as a man, you're just you're just being a puss. And that's not reality. Um, it, way harder to admit to someone you're weak than to just sit there and put on a, a hard face. You know, admitting admitting you have a weakness is that's a strength. Um, I, I think, JJ, I might view what you mentioned as a different lens. I, I don't view, you know, these fantasy footballs and things and, and I do, uh, I do these things too, you know, but, um, I don't think they're therapy. I think they're coping and numbing. You're, you're using them as an outlet. That's well, that is, that is, that is a form of therapy escapism. Okay. I would, I would view them in that box then because I think when we're doing these things, you know, a good one though. When, yeah, you think a lot of the whole like, you know, I, I work at five o'clock when I get off work, we're going to the bar and we drink on the weekends or yeah, I just watch tons of sports. I'm obsessed with sports. Hey, I game with my boys. Um, how many of those things are pushing the needle forward on what you're actually struggling with? No, it's it's escapism. It's it's numbing the actual issue. And so I think one thing that we need to do is as men and I guess I've tried to do myself is remove all of the the crap that doesn't help you. You know, I gave up video games. Um <laughs> um, no video games, you know, don't watch TV very often. These things that are just filling space, when you when you remove all this noise that just fills the void, you you got to sit face to face with your struggles. And you got to as a man, they don't have to be the person you work through it with, but you got to be honest with the people that matter most to you. You know, um 
I don't know how many of my that almost feels like the man up, just man up, yeah, thing because because I see what you're saying. What the reason why I say those things are therapeutic in a way is because a lot of men don't mm-hmm. seek therapy or don't admit that they have anything. So if they didn't do these, if they didn't play video games for four hours a day, and they also didn't seek help, the irritability level, the 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 irrationality that they would display, that they would eventually probably manifest in some other way, um, would be extremely volatile and dangerous. Mm-hmm. So these things, these outlets, are actually serving a purpose mm. for a lot of men who are neglecting their mental health. So. Yeah. Just to stop doing it would be probably detrimental to a lot of relationships. I think and families. there's a dance there. Just, just I, mean, I just want to say, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's there's equine therapy, there's music therapy, there's so like, many forms of therapy. All of these things are just. I mean, you could say there's football therapy. You could say it's escapism, frisbee golf therapy. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, earlier I don't know if I had a mic, it's, but it's, I was like, I think it's I think it can be both. Yeah, it's creating safe uh, spaces I, and I think escapism. Like if you're like. Um, Fantasy football can be a great community. Yes. Um, I, I know fantasy football is because I did with my friends. Every week we'd meet, we'd have potlucks. Exactly. We'd watch the games together. It can be community. And we'd always start talking about deep shit by the end yeah. of the day because we were bored and we didn't have anything else to talk about. And it just <laughs> happened. And these were like football guys at EOU. Like Bune was there sometimes, like yeah. other people. Like It got crazy. So it, it really does. <laughs> I, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, I played League of Legends back in the day when that game started, and there were kids throwing F-bombs and people just saying, I'm going to fuck you up, man. You're stupid. And they just come at you constantly. And it's not any form of community or camaraderie where you can feel vulnerable to expose. Hey, I'm, I've had some issues with, uh, with alcohol. I just wanted to kind of tell the room. You would be um, destroyed. <laughs> exactly. But it's the people that you meet throughout that and you meet up with in those communities that you create. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, it's, it's not very fast. No. But it does work. And I'll, I I'll, promise you. I'll pass this to Blake, but I just want to comment. I think there's got to be some kind of dance there because I think there's that eat that frog mentality, which is like, what's the biggest dragon of your day? Face it and take it head on like first thing, right? But then I think... You know, if you have a steady diet of tackling and eating frogs and that's like you're trying to constantly overcome challenges and you've got yeah. no no decompress, no unplug in your life, you, you're just going to burn out. I think what Blake's talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, is self-discipline. Oh, huge, yeah. And, and, that's, the, and that's the crux of a lot of guys is they don't have a lot of self-discipline. I know we just met JJ, but... I'm pretty big on self-discipline. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can catch the... I caught the vibe. I caught the vibe. Um, I, just, I, I caught the vibe. The comment I made about just admiring Blake and his resilience is that, like, yeah, that's that's your guy right there. No, if you want to see to be. an unbreakable force, like, in, mal- in you know, built into a human, it's looking at Blake Franklin. This is, this is why I want to... I'm so curious as to when he has kids and trying to discipline oh his gosh. children. <laughs> when he has zero control We'll over see, see how it goes. Um, just to, like... If we're gonna wrap this up in a very um, concise note, you know, Ryan kind of said, "What do you, what do you recommend to that man that's struggling?" If you know you're listening right now and you're like, "Gosh, this is me," my personal, not a counselor advice, just based on self experience, is piece number one is tell somebody, tell yeah. somebody you trust, you know, and, and whether that's your wife or a friend, you got to speak that thing into existence, and so you just you need to start to tell people you trust. Don't don't tell someone you don't trust, but put it into the reality that I'm struggling. And I want to make a change. 
Um, number two is you've got to decide who the person is that you're going to, you're going to talk to. And, and it may not be healthy for that to be your spouse or someone, cause you need to not drain them. And, and so that might be a formal counselor. That might be a trusted friend. The big three are bartender, cab driver, and checkout clerk. <laughs> <laughs> they take it, huh? Uh, trust them. yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. I guess for me, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke from a comedian long ago. I thought you were serious. I was like, oh, was he, was he not serious? <laughs> no, he was no. joking. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Um, okay. I didn't know it was a joke at first. But yeah, like <laughs> a friend or someone that is going to give you valuable feedback, and preferably someone you feel like has walked down a path you want to walk down. Yeah. If you're seeking feedback, if you're not seeking feedback, find somebody that you know will listen. Yeah. Well, and maybe early listen. on, but you've got to, you've got to, as a man, be humble enough to listen to feedback. Yeah. Totally, totally. But that's why you got to find the right person. Mm-hmm. And the right di- like balance. And that's, I think, what I started this conversation, this question with, is like, what is that line? Because I like that you said that, Blake. It's like, maybe, I think, obviously, you know, I, I feel like you should pretty much be able to discuss anything with your spouse. But there is a line of appropriateness where it's like, if if I'm if everything that I'm struggling with gets dumped onto my spouse, yeah, exactly. that that can become an imbalance in our relationship, and it's not that person's responsibility to like to absorb my shadows that I'm trying to offload. So they need to be there to hear you and work through things with you. But there's also that boundary of like maybe maybe this problem is something that you need to address with the person that they're having the conflict with, or hey. You know, I love talking through this with you, but it's reached a level where you probably need some help from a professional so that you and I can move forward in our relationship or whatever that is. But I think you hit it on the head. It's like start with somebody you trust, speak that problem into existence, because when you do that, you give it a name, you bring it into reality because it's real anyway. But but then you you put it in a place where it's like you have to do something about it. Some accountability has been put forth, you know, right. Mm hmm. To say, gosh, it's time for me to quit drinking because it's just out of control and I can't have just one beer. It turns into eight and I, I lose control and I'm afraid of the consequences. It's like until you have said that it, or if and maybe it's manifested itself in some way because you've had bad consequences from that. But somebody you trust who can like give you some guidance or some advice or or be an ear for you enough that you can begin to to navigate like what the solutions are for that issue. And I'm just using drinking as one example, but I think that anybody, you guys may agree, but anybody that I know personally, that I know beyond a surface level, I know is or has dealt with some kind of challenge. It's just part of human existence. So anger, inadequacy, porn, substance abuse. I mean, there's, we live in a world with a plethora of issues. And the thing is, you're not alone. You know, you go, you go bring up one of those issues, other dudes deal with it too. Yeah, there's tons of porn out there. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, <laughs> there's, there is. And, and that's what, oh, that, oh, sorry. That's, that's all what I heard. That's dear, all I you heard know, you say. I thought you just said porn. Earlier in life, big struggle for myself. And um, not until a friend like admitted that, that was a struggle did it really become real to me that, like, oh, a lot of men struggle with this. Every man struggle. Every young boy who sees a porno, like, starts to get the hook. Yeah. Women. Every, every guy. I just, with. I'm just speaking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, that's just an example of like when you're doing that thing, um, we'll just use porn because that's on the table. Um, most young men at this point have, have watched porn at some point and, and we'll try to keep this PG. But um, <laughs> as a young man, 
whether you feel shame about that or not, or or a grown man, whether you feel shame about that or not, it's probably not something you're actively telling your wife about. You're not actively telling your friends about. In some way, you have some shame around that. But the reality is, when you feel like, why am I doing this? You finally, hopefully, come to a place of, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, it's, it's enlightening sometimes to realize, holy cow, a lot of other guys struggle with this too. I'm not a monster. I just need to find a way to process and get help for this yeah, thing. That's great. And I would say, like, as a caveat... If you do feel shameful with watching porn, that means you're going to the wrong sites. Um, you need to legally pay for it because why do you feel guilty? Um, get out there. Find the right ways of doing it. Um, don't be shady. That's all I'm saying. Or <laughs> guilt will go away. Or just love your wife properly. And <laughs> I'm talking to the single guys out there, the single guys that are keeping just the don't, industry alive. Just don't use porn to, to, <laughs> to fill the hole of not talking to women. <laughs> they, talk to them. you got to pay them. It's a <laughs> <laughs> There's so many accounts out there that are just talking. There's not even naked stuff. You guys can do that. Learn. They'll teach you. To just uh, to, to regroup yeah. and say we used that, but that the example is things in your life that are clearly either draining or are not productive and moving the needle forward for you. Whether that is adult material or a variety <laughs> of endless things that can demand your time and attention. Sometimes it's okay to be in a neutral state of I'm coasting, I'm resting, whatever. But is this productive to me? Is it? Am I giving too much of to this and it's sacrificing other meaningful things? It's, life well, is so much about balance. This is a great point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up balance. I was saying balance earlier because you could take video games. Yeah. And video games <laughs> could have, like, if you're playing way, way too, too many video games and too wasting all games. your time, and I mean, that can be terrible for you. But it can be a great coping mechanism, therapy. Yep. Um, a lot of people with ADHD, video games are really good to uh, subside those uh, big, big explosion type uh, effects. Mm -hmm. Like when you, if you throw somebody out ADHD like off, they're like, "What? <clears throat> What's going on? This isn't the plan." <laughs> it, it, it actually subsides those things. They can focus on something and get their like energy out. And then after they've played video games for two, three mm -hmm. hours, they're just a normal human being, like they've been medicated. And also psilocybin. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get into that, tune in to Men's Therapy, uh, working title. Um, that's not the title, but it'll be released and in fun. We'll give we'll give JJ more of a chance in that in that podcast to dive into that topic. That'll be a lot of uh, interesting discussions. It's going to be laughs, tears, and maybe a couple of beers. I wanted to rhyme. Laugh, tears, and laughs, tears, and beers. Ooh, laughs, tears, and sounds, beers. I look forward to that. So that sounds like a good podcast yeah. right there. Yep, that's wow. what's called. Well, any other thoughts before we bring it home here? This has been a blast. Yeah, I would just say I, I'm just grateful to be back in here and appreciate that you guys are all willing to go dive into topics that maybe aren't easy to talk about. Um, and uh, I hope we can keep this going. I hope people are enjoying it, and we'd love feedback on, you know, whether it's your your struggles or things you guys would like to hear about. Um, we're going to get here and continue to peel back the onion of life love to have you guys along for the ride. If everything was cakewalks and sunshine and butterflies, we probably wouldn't have much to talk about. So a fun world. Yeah, I feel like this is, uh, I don't know, yeah, hopefully somebody draws meaning that's listening out there. But if nothing else, I feel like it fills my cup and gives a good opportunity to, to go to some of those places with people you know and trust. And I also love, we sure as heck miss Blaine today, but it's fun to just have the different mixes of friends that you bring together and what those conversations can lead to. I, you know... I, I know and respect and love each of the guys in the room here, but it's so much fun to uh, to know the different personality types. And I was kind of, 
I was kind of uh, excited to think about Blake and JJ coming from very different perspectives <laughs> on a lot of things, but guys that I, I, love it. I love it. oh, it was so much fun to, because uh, you kind of, yeah, just to, to see where you guys take uh, your thoughts. It's easy when people are open. Yeah. Um, and, and chill. <laughs> well, not, not easily offended. Uh, I'll close with a quote from church this morning that will help you all better um, live Let's life. Let's do it. Opinions are the lowest form of, atten- of intelligence. Just allow people to have them. Not everything needs to make you mad in this world. You can listen to someone, you can disagree, and you can move on. Yeah. And life's a lot easier if you learn to do that. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Is that what people say? <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> yes, Jesus. And I will say real real listening to add to that is just is is actually listening mm-hmm. and and having that open mind and really trying to hear what that person's saying rather than um, using that to mount a return assault on on their thoughts and feelings, but to 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 really try to understand where somebody's coming from. I I love that quote. So, right on. I have one more little thing to say. Let's hear it, JJ. Thanks for having me. And I did forget to talk about one podcast. Let's get that's it. coming out. It is going to be uh, about apocalyptic events. Uh, it's a podcast that's going to take a universal spiritual, you know, crystals, the universe, the energies that flow through us, our chi, our vibe, as well as a deep theology uh, aspect to any apocalyptic event. So we're going to have a very religious-based, theolistic, holistic vibe. Um, hopefully Donald Slippy, this might put some pressure on him to, uh, kick it in gear and start writing some, some shows out. Um, so we should have him listen to this podcast and he should call me, um, when he listens to this part. I'm excited about that. Can you get your number? Can we get your number? Can you just put it on the podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. It's actually, we're going to talk about it later, but it's, uh, uh, call 541-975-4455. Actually, that's true. If you have any ideas out there for a podcast, uh, and if you, you've always had it in the back of your head and you want to check it out. Call me, text me, message me. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. No, that's gross. Beep me. Oh, I thought you said beat me. <laughs> Call me. That was a little Kim Possible, me man. Come on. Me. Oh, Kim Possible. Oh, you didn't say it with enough of a hip top tone. Call that's me, why. beat me if you want to reach me. I didn't watch cartoons. I watched I love that. Ren so, and Stimpy. I love the structure of our episodes, but I'm also looking forward to. Uh, you know, hearing just the context of a different show gives you a different dynamic for where that episode's going to go. And so whether they're theoretical or they're just for some good laughs or they're really like deep dives, you know, I love the stuff we're doing, but I'm also super pumped to hear what kind of stuff you're going to bring forth, JJ. So it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time with it. And uh, there's going to be lots of laughs. Totally. Good stories. Well, like I said, we missed our friend Blaine today. Um, we've all had a lot of life going on, so we've had a bit of a hiatus in the studio, but it gave us a chance to um, have some energy regroup, and we're just super pumped to keep this thing going. So um, if you're still out there, thanks again for listening, and uh, look forward to more uh, content from us and also more from JJ in the near future. So um, thank you and take care. Thank you.